Well, today is the first Sunday in Lent, and Lent is a season during the church year which invites us to follow Jesus all the way to the cross, to watch and to listen to the things that he does, to pay attention to the suffering that he endured. Uh, And for those of us who uh, identify as followers of Jesus, uh, it's a season of deep personal reflection, that fancy church word, repentance, um, and the renewal of a faith that may have grown tired and cold. Uh, Amen to that. Uh, For all of us in the room, there is this universal call of the season to also remember our humanness, that we are, as the scriptures so lovingly say, dust. And the limitations that come with that. But it's also steeped in this hope of God who comes to us in our needs and who loves and cares for us as children who are struggling to make it through life. And Lent always begins with the same story. The story of Jesus in the wilderness being tempted. The reading says that Jesus was being tempted. Uh, Mark chose the Greek word that means um, to see if something can hold up. Are you with me on that? To see if something can hold. What I think of when I hear that is uh, in the the, the 70s uh, Star Wars, the best one, (laughs) when the Millennium Falcon is under attack and there's some fear that it might give, uh, Han Solo says, don't worry, she'll hold together. And then he mumbles, you hear me, baby? Hold together. Right? Maybe you've said that in your life. And to be tempted in this sense is to be under great pressure. And I'm sure you can point to times in your life when you weren't sure if things would hold up. If you've ever said, I'm not sure if I can hold it together, uh, you understand what Mark is talking about here. You're on some kind of testing ground. And so here we are at the first Sunday in this season all the way to Easter And we follow Jesus into a place where he is under pressure. He is tempted in the sense that um, there's this question as to whether he is up for the task. And there's two words in today's reading that give off these big theological signals. The words are the wilderness and the number 40. I want to start with 40. Um, Also a great song by you two. Uh, 40 is uh, really, really in the Bible, second only to the number seven. The number 40 comes up a lot in the biblical story. Maybe if you've grown up in church, you can start to think of these yourself. Oh yeah, 40 is in a lot of stories. 40 in biblical language and metaphor equals something like a transformation. Something is changing. Something is shifting. Something new is coming. Our first reading of the service was the flood story of Noah. And what is the flood story of Noah except an uncreation and then a recreation? It's a newness that's appearing. Uh, 40 is this number that signifies something is shifting and changing. Remember, uh, if you're a church person back in the early 2000s, late 90s, I guess, mid 90s, um, any of those in here? Remember when everything was a 40-day thing? 40 days to a better marriage, 40 days to your best finances, 40 days on some kind of fast, 40 days in the book of James, which you can't do. It's like three days. 40 
you know, 40 days to find your purpose, right? Thank you, Rick Warren. Um, But really all these were, were just things that were based in this biblical idea that 40 is something that has to do with change. And what Jesus is undergoing in this scene is a kind of transition from one thing to the next. Jesus is making a switch from one life to the next or one part of life to the next. There's a change taking place in his life and this scene is where we find Jesus in that place. And it is a place of struggle and testing that comes with these things. A scene where there are questions and doubts and thoughts of doing something else. All of us who maybe grew up with this, Jesus was just plowing ahead and uh, everything was great and he was on mission. Uh, We always forget the scene the night before he's arrested and crucified where he asks God, hey, if there's any other way, that'd be great. You know? And so Jesus knows what's coming and there's this section in the gospels that tell us about that transition into that lane and it's a struggle. It's tempting as Mark says. If you listened to uh, Lindsay's podcast that we put out on Wednesday, this introduction to Lent, it's great. She talks about this number 40 in there a little bit, how it also has to do with completion, that something is finished and set in a new place as a new thing. And so when we read the Bible, this number means more than just something on the page. We have to, as Bible readers, not take these numbers at face value but instead try and hear what the writers are saying about the scene and the tone of the life that's in the scene. And in this case, about Jesus, that something transitional and difficult was taking place in his life. And I would say that all of us, taking that into consideration, have been through uh, 40-day seasons in our life. Amen? When faith is under pressure, like the losses keep coming, The people keep leaving. The prayers keep turning up empty. The church keeps failing. Some of you may feel as though your whole life has been a 40-day run. And there's something to that in this story as well. The next word that I want to focus on here is this word wilderness. Uh, When you hear the word wilderness, what do you think of? What comes to mind If you're like me, uh, you think about the mountains or deserts or any place where the noise is low and the stars are clearer. We got out of the car the other night with my daughter, who's uh, almost 13, which means uh, whatever I have to say doesn't matter. (laughs) We were in the car the other day. I'll come back to that story. We were in the car. I had checked her out of school early because they got out early. And um, so we're driving home, and I had it on uh, 99X, of course. And all, they're playing all these great songs, you know. And I do this thing with her that she does not care about. And um, she's sitting in the passenger seat. And every song that would come on, I would say to her the same thing every time I would say. Uh, for future and necessary reference, this song is called Machine Head. And she would say, I don't care. And then the next song would come on, and I would say, for future and necessary reference, this is Pearl Jam. Okay. Dad, I don't care. But we got out of the car the other night, uh, coming home after dinner, and 
it was a clear night, and I looked up, and I don't know what it was. Mickey and I had been talking about being out west and being in Arizona. Oh, it was because my son's girlfriend is from Arizona, and we were talking about Arizona. She was asking about it, and I said to her, oh, it's beautiful at night. Like the stars, you can see all the stars, and they feel closer, and she's like, great. So if you have like five, six-year-olds, like, don't be too confident. <laughs> You're not nailing it. So. All right, where was I? The noise is low and the stars are clear. That's what I think about. It's a place to get away and relax and score the next like National Park sticker for the car. That's the wilderness in my mind. But in the Bible, the wilderness is different. The wilderness is an image of those times and places of struggle and testing and doubt and the risks and frustrations that come with human limitations. That's what the wilderness is all about in the Bible. There's never a scene in the Bible where they say, let's get some rest in the wilderness. It's always a struggle. Wilderness and 40 actually often go together in the Bible. Now, in our reading for today... It's interesting because Mark, as a gospel writer, moves very fast. There's little information in these early stories uh, in the gospel. He moves fast, but the details are there if you look at them. And I think there's something interesting about the full reading that we had this morning. Uh, Maybe you didn't catch it, so I drew a picture of the entire reading for you. Here's the picture. I even signed it if you'd like a copy. You can see that on the bottom. So uh, this is the drawing of... Chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. It begins at this place of baptism where Jesus is baptized and you see all the people. It ends uh, with Jesus announcing the coming of God's kingdom to a lot of people. But the middle piece, he travels into the wilderness. And what do you notice? He's alone. He's alone. And it fits the image because the wilderness in the scriptures is a place that feels isolated. There's an aloneness there of being alone in our struggles, of not knowing what to do or where to go. It's about being by yourself and with yourself and with God. It's not something we like. Uh, The Reductress had a great headline, uh, noise-canceling headphones do nothing to cancel the thoughts. Amen? (laughs) Yeah, now we're talking. Lent is on. But that's true, isn't it? It's difficult. I've been receiving chemotherapy for more than three years now. There was a section early on, and then there was some time off. And for the last two years, I've been going every two weeks. Um, And though the infusion lab can be full of people, it can also be kind of a wilderness place. It's surprisingly not a sad place. There's a lot of laughter, a lot of people talking. I don't talk to people um, (laughs) because I'm the youngest one in there um, most weeks. But it can be a kind of wilderness place. You're just there on your own with your own condition. There are two TVs in the infusion lab, but every time I'm there, it's Kelly Clarkson show on one of them and like property brothers on the other. And so I just 
usually look out the window. Sometimes I read, sometimes I listen to music, sometimes I ignore your texts, sometimes I pray. But either way, it's a quiet spot. And I feel often like, for me, I just kind of live in an ongoing season of Lent. Always reminded that life itself is very fragile and painful. I mean, here's the thing about chemo. You go in every time and you think, this time I'm going to beat it. I'm not going to feel sick. I'm not going to throw up. I'm not, I'm, this is too much information, I know, but just hang with me. I'm, I'm just going to be able to get out of here and live your day. And then about 20 minutes before you're done, you're like, I need a ride. I need a ride home. I don't think I'll make it to the car. So in those settings, I'm always reminded that things are fragile and not always guaranteed that we are limited, that we are, as we are reminded on Ash Wednesday, dust. But I think we all have our wilderness roads. Several weeks ago, there was connected to people in our church one death after another. And Lindsay and I found ourselves at funerals, ordering flowers, hanging out with people going through loss, listening to people wonder if they could ever be normal again or happy. Everybody has a wilderness experience. The hard work of hanging on to a faith that's broken is a very real thing. That's why I think Lent feels like the most relatable season of the year. And so Jesus goes through this 40-day wilderness experience. And it's important for you to know and for me to know that Jesus never actually graduated from this experience after these few verses. I know that we think, I conquered Satan and he moves on. Jesus did not actually win and then the game was over. That's not how it works. The wilderness experience for Jesus carries on well beyond this story. Jesus remains fixed within a 40-day wilderness kind of life all the way to the cross, all the way. And throughout Christian history, this story has been read through many lenses and angles. But the one that stands out the most is the one that sees this story as, a, uh, as an experience of solidarity and community between us and God, between our humanness and that of Christ's, that Jesus shared in the struggles that you and I are most familiar with. And in that familiarity, there is mercy. Jesus understands. God understands. I want to close with this, these couple of verses from Hebrews chapter 2, which talks about Jesus in the phrasing of being a high priest, someone who is between us and God in some way. And the writer says, Therefore he had to, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people because he himself was what? Tested by what he suffered. He is able to help those who are being tested. And so I want to tell you today that you are not alone 
Amen. And that whatever season you're in, wilderness or mountaintop, God is with you. And in this season, as we move to the cross and into Easter, let us remember that. Keep your legs.